Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalist Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show as I speak. It's Wednesday, October, oh, excuse me, what am I thinking about? August 24th, 2022. Uh, here's a headline in today's Chicago Sun-Times that has absolutely nothing to do with what I'll be talking about with my distinguished guest, but I'm going to mention it anyway because it made me feel like real good when it happened in real time last night. So here's the headline on the front page of today's Chicago Sun-Times. The sky is rising. Yes, that's the sky, as in Chicago sky. And there's a picture of Candace Parker driving to the basket, uh, scoring a bucket. Game three, uh, first round in the uh, WNBA uh, playoffs is two out of three. The Sky, defending champions from the city of Chicago, were down 1-0. Everybody was nervous. Lay, knees knocking. And uh, they won two in a row to prevail. They looked like champs. They looked, they got, got off to a wobbly start and they came back. So congratulations to the Chicago Sky if it's basketball, I love it. And if it's Chicago basketball, I love it even more. All right, enough on that. Let's bring on the news of the day. I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. He's uh, no stranger to this show. So distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Uh, this is uh, guitarist Mike Alamana. Um, I am a jazz guitarist. I've been jazz guitarist in Chicago for 30 years now. And uh, um, I am also uh, uh uh, well, in, during my career, I performed many years with Von Freeman. That's that's a big big part of my career, and I ended up um, doing uh, a PhD about a uh, dissertation about uh, um, in part about his impact in Chicago. And I'm also on the Jazz Festival Committee in Chicago, so I help program the uh, uh, Chicago Jazz Festival, and I teach at the University of Chicago. I am now I have actually just been appointed the new director of the jazz ensemble at University of Chicago. So I'll be running the jazz uh, act pro, uh, performance activities at University of Chicago starting. Oh, off. that's really cool. Yeah. I did not know that last part. Last time on your show, were you doing that too? Or did I? Well, I, I was a fellow. I was a, uh, what they call a humanities teaching fellow. So I was teaching uh, humanities courses, but um, that fellowship is over with. And they hired me as the new director of their jazz uh, performance program. 
Excellent. Uh, and so all those uh, college students coming through UFC learning jazz uh, will pass through, uh, pass they by be, you. They will be passing through me, all of them. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome right. to hear. All right. So the last time Mike was on the show, uh, he was on uh, with Chico Freeman. It was a delight. Uh, and uh, we were uh, helping to promote their concert that they did. Uh, and now we're helping to promote uh, something. One of the things I love most about Chicago, and Mike, I got to tell you this. So I've been writing articles very critical of the powers that be in the city of Chicago for a long time. Yes, you have. <laughs> and uh, so I was always hesitant to, uh, because of the way Chicago has that way about them where if you say something that they, a powerful person doesn't want, they usually respond by punching you. Uh, and metaphorically, if not, and I was afraid if I, if I promoted what I liked, they would close it. <laughs> Just like an <laughs> so they had this thing called summer dance, which I absolutely oh, daily that. did it. That was I would go, yes. You've been to summer dance. Did, uh, did yeah, you know? it was Mike, Mike Orlovs when he ran DK's, wasn't that his baby? Yeah. I, I, I never let it out that I like Mike Orlov, that I knew Mike Orlov. I go, Mike, if I ever mention I like you and know you, you'll be fired, okay? Mike. Mike's a great guy, proud graduate of Lane Tech High School yeah, uh, and a football player at he Lane once, Tech. He once got me a gig playing for Mayor Daly on the uh, uh, Millennium Park stage. So he had a, Mayor Daly had a party, and I, I played with, with a vocalist there with him. <laughs> and Mayor came over and talked to me. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, good, Mike. You're good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mayor, you want a picture? Okay, hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) Hurry up. You know. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I loved. Yeah, or loved that he was fantastic. Great. And then my wife and I loved the Chicago Jazz Festival. And I think even me praising the Jazz Festival. uh, Let's put it this way. Um, uh, I don't think that. I don't think they hate me that much that they would cancel the, the jazz festival, but I got a feeling uh, the days have passed and the people will um, uh, keep something going, even if I praise it. So let's take a moment to praise the great Chicago jazz yeah, festival. We're, we're going oh. on, was it 40? This is 43 years now. So this will be the 43rd annual, 44th wow. annual, actually. Yeah. Well, I've seen so many great moments at the Chicago jazz festival. Uh, it's hard to, th- think about which is my favorite i guess uh i have this vision of ramsey lewis and i'm a big ramsey lewis fan 28 2019 right when we had yes damn you're good you remember that oh yeah i I, wait that was uh, i was uh, i remember booking him and i remember him had after the show he had all his family there (laughs) like 80 people backstage he has so much extended family it's hilarious yeah because he's from chicago yeah uh, i mean he has a lot of grandkids <laughs> yeah uh and he did a, he did, it was a marvel he's got a great guitarist yeah henry johnson yes i remember us talking about this yeah henry henry did this uh like scatting playing like call and response to himself right yes <laughs> yeah I remember that. a long time i never saw that before that was great that was unbelievable and my wife and i have like i've been following him ever since yeah uh fantastic guitarist oh, Ramsey well, Lewis did, bet you by golly wow one of the yeah. best versions i've ever heard but that's just one great memory i mean i i yeah. used to go ella fitzgerald oh. uh back in the 80s during the yeah. harold washington days just Thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands of people. I'm, I'm tearing up just thinking about it. What a- Miles Davis was there in 90 or 90. was one of his last performances. Yeah. Miles Davis. At at the, 
Yeah, and Dizzy Gillespie. I mean, so many great, great oh, awards. Yeah. Uh, so now, and I'm really happy to say this. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mike Alamana. Mike will be at the Jazz Festival. So why don't you uh, talk about what you uh, will be doing? You'll, we'll take okay. it through from the Thursday, that opening. You're sort of the opening act yeah, of this year's Jazz Festival on the I'll main stage. First. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I will be the first act of the uh, reopening of the you know Jazz Festival at the, at the Millennium Park um, Pritzker Pavilion. Um, I'm going to be performing the music of my latest album, which is called Venology. And um, that basically means the, the study of Von Freeman. Um, and so it it's kind of a tribute to Von, but not really. It's more of a, um, what, I, what I've been very interested in doing is kind of uh, intersecting um, kind of like ethnographic and, and kind of academic study of, of someone, right, of a Vaughn in this case, or just just doing academic, these sort of like really thorough and rigorous academic study with artistic kind of uh, uh, work, kind of like crossing the two, because they both kind of inf can inform each other. And so um, what I did is I, I wrote this five movement piece using 13, there's 13 musicians in total. Um, there's uh, an eight-piece orchestra, four singers, and, and a, a conductor. I have a conductor um, who happens to be my brother, um, who's also Brian Alamana. He's a uh, um, he's an astrologer. He has a salon called Soul Rise Astrology. And what I did is I found that Vaughn was really um, in my research of his life through interviews and how I knew him and talking to people who knew him. Um, that he was really into a lot of metaphysical ways of dealing with the world. Right. So like, you know, I, he used to tell me in the car all the time, I picked him up every week. So I used to play with Vaughn at the apartment lounge on 75th street. And I worked with him from 97 to 2011 every Tuesday. And I picked him up at the, uh, um, when I got the gig, the drummer said, Hey man, can you pick him up? <laughs> I always got to drop him off. I don't want to pick him up and bring him home. It's a lot of work. So I started picking him up. And so, um, uh, Vaughn and I would talk in the car, you know, he's, you know, he, he's over 69th and King is where, um, it's where George Freeman lives. Um, and I would drive him over and he would say, say things like, you know, Mike, well, when I'm playing, when I'm at my most creative, it's not me who's speaking. I'm just a vessel, you know, it's the good Lord speaking through me. It's just this energy comes through me. And so we had things like that. And so one of the things that I noticed, especially with, um, uh, African-Americans of his generation is astrology was always a part of their way that they engage the world. Right. So like um, George Freeman is a classic example of this. His first album is called Birth Sign, 1969, right? And then he always, whenever George and I go somewhere, he says, and he meets somebody new, he says, when's your birthday? And then he, he gets their sign and then he talks about them and he says, oh, see, that person's a Libra because, and so they blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is interesting. So my brother, who happens to be a very accomplished astrologer, um, built Vaughn's birth chart. And what I did is I created, he, he read it for me. And then I created a, a sort of pitch and rhythm system around his chart. And I used those as the tools to create this piece. And so basically it's like a sonic representation of what his birth chart says. Um, and, and, and what was so interesting about this and why I pursued this is, I don't know if you remember, but around 2011, there was a, a controversy that Howard Reich, it's not really controversy, but Howard Reich did some uh, uh, research and found that Vaughn was born in 1923, not 1922. So if you remember, I don't know if you, you remember when we did these 80th 
80th year anniversary for Vaughn. That was actually his 79th birthday because everyone was basing it on 20 on, on 1922. And so um, we uh, that that was, you know, I remember in 2002, we went to Europe and played at the Berlin Jazz Festival because of his 80th birthday. He was really born in 23. And he, I think he knew it. I mean, he knew it. He definitely knew it. He even says so in an interview. So I don't know what that was about. But anyway, so my brother read both the 22 and the 20th. He's born October, October 3rd. He read 1922, October 23rd, 1923. And 1923 was totally Vaughn. 1922 had nothing to do with how we knew Vaughn. So I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm not like, you know, a big believer in astrology or anything, but I'm like, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> right. So then, um, so I, so the, so I, I, I made these like four, pitch systems based on what I, what was read there, what my brother read. And then my brother wrote these beautiful texts that interpret Vaughn. And then I wrote this piece. And then in one of the movements, um, I have a singer, uh, I used the four singers from my gospel project, which is called come Sunday and the singer in that group, Bill Bricky, who's a really wonderful singer and guitarist teaches at old town and is in, uh, I don't know if you know, Bear Williams, the bassist, he's in his band. Um, uh, and Bill reads these texts like a preach does like a preacher vibe. And so we just try to get this. My whole point was to get you sound to kind of like get at Vaughn's kind of like beliefs and way in the world and his music, but all through my own original vision, because his whole philosophy was your original voice. He never wanted me to copy anybody. Don't, you know, we were just talking earlier what he always preached to all the young musicians who he called his horses. You know, he used to, when we had the jam session, he'd say, Oh, I can see all the horses standing up against the wall there. They had you have your oats yet, babies, you know, and then he'd call them up and they'd, they'd sit in. And so um, he'd always tell his horses, he didn't want you copying anybody. So you and I were talking earlier about Grant Green, right? And so um, uh, uh, Grant Green is one of my heroes. And I learned you know, his soul, some of his solos. And I listened to him a lot. If I tried to copy Grant Green or paid some octaves like Wes Montgomery, he would get furious. He wanted you to play you. What do you hear? You've got to learn to do that. And so that's why I, I wrote an all original work based around this. And so it's got like astrological elements. It's got my research and what from Vaughn and like interviewing musicians and horses and friends of his and, um, George, uh, his family, um, and then uh, um, my own sort of ideas about music in there. And it's very much what's really crazy is the way that the book, the programming worked out is Henry Threadgill is playing after us. Right. Um, and um, a lot of what I did is really, really influenced by him because I, li I listen to his music and I'm abs always absolutely amazed at how that how he does that. And I've learned his systems just from friends who, who knew, knew him and, and interviewed him and have just kind of thought about what, how what he does. And, and so it, um, he kind of influenced this, this, my, my organizational method and what I did in this work. Uh, I just feel compelled, uh, sort of being, um, uh, to annotate some things that you said. So sure. some folks who may not know. So one, uh, you made reference to Howard Reich for many years, a jazz critic at the Chicago Tribune. Uh, that was referenced. And then you made a reference to Grant Green, uh, who, in my opinion, and this is just me speaking, I'm not a musical expert. I'm just a guy who listens to music, is one of the greatest <laughs> guitar players ever. Ever. E-V-E-R. Okay. Yeah, right. That's uh, right. 
and uh, he he I just feel like he never got the credit he deserves, but that's just life sometimes, you know. And uh, and and in fact, you know, um, uh, one day there'll be a tribute at the jazz festival uh, to Grant Green. I don't, I, I just feel there should be someday. Anyway. It will be a, one of his major milestone birthdays or something. Yeah. I know. Let's just make one up. I mean, just made one up for Von Freeman. So we'll just say it's next year's is a hundredth anniversary. Go ahead. Well, Mike. actually next year's Von's hundredth birthday. <laughs> oh yeah. His real hundredth birthday. Yeah, it's Von's hundredth birthday. And I believe Wes Montgomery's, I think he's the same year as Von. See, here's the thing. Wes Montgomery, another great jazz guitarist. Um, this is the thing blows my mind about jazz musicians uh, I, I have like a reverence for jazz musicians because they're with the things they do. It's just so unbelievable. Blows my mind. The sounds they make, mm -hmm. uh, the way they riff on a melody. Right. I, I, I just, it, I can't. And yet because it's so relatively, um, non-commercial, right. I thought the best, most euphemistic way I can say it. Yeah. They're not wealthy. And in our society, we musicians can get tremendously wealthy. Obvious. I'm making things something that's very obvious. But the, the greatest musicians are often the brokest musicians. And so you mentioned Von Freeman, who's a freaking giant in jazz, has like a humble existence on the south side of Chicago, relatively. You know what I'm saying? It's not like... Michael Jackson with, uh, what was this ranch called? Never, never land or something like that. <laughs> or, or, or even Prince with, with Paisley park, or whatever it was. And, you know, I mean, nothing. I love, I love both of them, but I'm not sure. hating on them or, you know, Bob Dylan with his Malibu. I mean, I love them all, but do you follow what I'm saying? It's not like they share it. You know, it's not like Michael Jackson's going to give a little money to Von Freeman to help model a little bit. You follow no, me? No, it's, no. Yeah. You know, and Von, Von was actually, uh, I talked about a lot about this and, you know, he started to get no, a lot of notoriety as he got almost into his seventies. You know, his, his son Chico, who you had on last time, um, did a lot to give Von notoriety in Europe. Um, cause they toured a lot in the eighties, but Von didn't get much notoriety here until he was in his seventies. So we're talking, um, you know, mid nineties and that didn't even translate into a lot it translated into a little bit better than what he's doing but he was he was a little bit bitter about that because he's like where were you all when i had four kids you know and now you didn't give nobody gave a crap i mean he was doing everything he could to make money i mean he was working at um i don't know if you're familiar with the history of the the strip joints that were in calumet city in the 50s right but those were gigs that a lot of south side black musicians were working and sun ra worked there um and uh, uh, they were working these eight hour long shifts with no break and they had to play tunes for, and they and, 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 you know, it was, you know, at that time, Calumet City was basically Jim Crow. You know, I mean, it was like if they had to sneak their way into the city and they had then they hid behind like a curtain because if the white patrons saw they had a black band, there would be a, a riot. And uh, um, uh, uh, they had to do gigs like that that were just horrifying, you know like conditions just to survive you know that's been the history of that music i did not know he had to do it west montgomery um was a working man till the day he died i he had some kind of blue collar job and uh he did up until he got famous he did he worked yeah, out until he famous yeah 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 but when he yeah when he started doing his pop music stuff um that that kind of relieved him of that but he was working 
I don't understand how it works with him because as I understand, he had six or seven kids and he was working an eight hour factory job Yes, and picked up the guitar when he was 19 and he was already a father and he became one of the greatest in history. I don't know how that works. I don't know. (laughs) I just don't know. I, I, you, the amount you of work you have to do to be a great instrumentalist. You, you mentioned uh, Bill Berkey. He, will he be singing on stage with you, did you say? He will be singing? Yeah, Bill is going to be um, – I have vocalists on two of the movements, and then Bill is going to be doing uh, – he's going to be singing parts, and then he's featured as a uh, sort of astrological, poetic version of Vaughn. Okay. Well um, – so I am the anti-West Montgomery in, in many regards. Okay. Uh, I picked up a guitar. So I always wanted to learn how to play guitar. So I took lessons at Old Town, and Bill Bricky was my teacher. Was Bill your teacher? Yeah. <laughs> He's Bill Bricky. So. <laughs> uh, Bill Bricky, I think at one point, said, can I just take that guitar because you're destroying it? And uh, <laughs> he did not do that. Oh, but it, the pain, of, the anguished look in his face. Like, I don't know if you've ever been at an Old Town school guitar class for rookies. Uh, oh, so I you'd have some. A long time. You did? Oh, then you know what it's like. The teacher be up front. Okay, we're going to play, I don't know, you know, Sloop John B. Ready? G, G, C. I'm like, really focused and concentrated kind of kid. I got a chord change coming up. I'm going to C. Got to be ready. And Bill Bricky be like, God damn it, I need a drink. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> so uh, I hit bar chords and I said, that's it. I quit. Uh, and I've never played the guitar since. But West Montgomery at age 19. Bar chords were no, <laughs> not even a thing and with kids and working a job. So I'm, I don't, I, I heard he didn't sleep much and you remember he died of a heart attack. That means yes. I killed him. You know, he overworked himself. Yeah. You know, Great guitarist, by the way, great guitarist. Yeah. Uh, I prefer Grant Green, but whatever, everything's oh, you know, their personal there. tapes. Cool. Uh, so, uh, all right. So you mentioned something about, um, uh, Von Freeman, he, what he told you in the car, he goes, I'm just the vessel. Do you have that same attitude uh, when you play the guitar, that there's something greater speaking through you? I would say that when you're at your most creative, I've felt that flow. I don't know you know, it, what, what to attribute it to, but it's like all of a sudden you're not really in control. It's something else is happening and you just let it happen and you'll find that that's the most kind of creative and, you're, and you feel like the others who are with you are also in that same state. And, and it just happens and it's, and your audience feels it. And if, and it feels like a sort of commun- communion or, or community, communal, communal experience of some sort. Yes. Do you have that feeling when you do just practicing alone or is it only on stage? It, that's only on stage. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at home, um, you know, I can feel like there are moments when I'm really creative as far as coming up with ideas at home, you know, mm-hmm. like ideas are flowing and I, I might attribute that more to the caffeine <laughs> than, you know, than to some, to some, you know, larger force, but you know, what do I know? Um, but definitely I've, I've been on stages where that's happened for sure. All right. Uh, let's talk about some of the other acts that we'll be playing. Uh, once yeah. again, uh, Mike will, uh, will be playing six 30. Uh, at Millennium Park, day one of the Jazz Festival, which will be the first day of September, September 1st. Uh, And my wife and I will be there in the audience cheering them on uh, and really looking forward to that. And uh, right behind you, or Mm -hmm. maybe you're in front of him, I don't want to make it seem like one is more important than the other, the great uh, Henry Threadgill. Now, I want to just like do a little word of warning. 
his mu- music could be um, how do how do I put this, Mike? Challenging to uh, Challenging. people, rookie so jazz listeners. Yeah. Uh, so, what, do you have any tips uh, or thoughts about people who are approaching uh, Henry's Bergdahl's music for the first time? What they can listen for? How you know it's not very melodic in some places, particularly. But I think he's going to be playing deceptively melodic. Yeah, it's not melodic in the sense of like really easily followable melodies, but um, it's also not a music that is about showing off chops either. Um, so it's very much five musicians who are playing melodically and they're using a sort of uh, structure that Henry created. Um, basically to say it in the most layman musical terms I can, they're just playing intervals. There's no, there's no chords in the sense of like a G chord and a C chord, but he has very specific pitch combinations that are going on. So for the, someone who's going to come in, you would listen for how the, how the instruments are working together. And, 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 and it's a fascinating instrumentation. It's alto cello and the cellist is from Chicago. Chris Hoffman is from Lombard. Um, uh, um, guitar, tuba, and drums. And very much they're about, it grooves very hard. It's danceable, but it's not something that grooves in a regular manner. It's like when you're listening to the meters or, 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 or George Clinton, you know, but it grew, it does groove very hard and it's more of a, a sonic experience. And suddenly there'll be these surprising moments and you yeah. don't know how they get there where yeah. the band is playing melodies together all of a sudden. And you're like, how the heck did you get to that? No. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. And, but they know where they are. And what's, if you're, if you're a music nerd, one of the fascinating things about, about Threadgill is he changes the form of all his compositions at every gig. So the musicians don't know what the form of the song is going to be. The composition, it, you know, he has a set of bars. So let's say there's like eight bars in the song. Well, instead of going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, it might go eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, or it might go three, four, five, one, two, eight, and they have to be ready for that. Yeah. He just decides before the gig, oh, we're going to play this song this way. And so, so um, it's really, I mean, if you're a music nerd, it's fascinating. If you're someone who just is, wants to just absorb the musical experience. I would say listen to the way the musicians are working together and listen for those times when they're together and then the times they come apart. It's really, it's a, all those harmonies that you hear are not intentional in the sense of, okay, this is what you're supposed to play. They're spontaneous. <laughs> it's really weird. I, I don't know how they do it. I really don't. No, he has an amazing guitarist. Liberty uh, Elman. What's that? Liberty Elman. Yeah. Is he going to be on stage with him? Yes. Did you know? Yes. Did you know his dad was the drum? Or excuse me, his stepfather was the drummer for Todd Rundgren's Utopia. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's got yeah, a deep musical roots. Uh, that's his stepfather. That's his stepfather. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this guy's a great guitar player. And, I mean, uh, he's also the engineer. You know, he he like, mixes and masters there. Yeah, he's the engineer for that. Music. But he'll be on stage playing guitar, correct? Exactly. Uh, he'll be playing his. I assume his acoustic guitar that he always plays. He has a Collings yeah. acoustic. That he usually plays with that. He doesn't play an electric with that group. All right, so you get to see folks, uh, two two great guitar player, Mike Alamana and Liberty Allman, uh, in one night. Uh, and I pr- presume uh, there'll be some f- great flute playing, sax playing uh, when, with Henry Threadgill. And and look, guys, I'm telling you as a rookie, uh, I've been to many concerts at the jazz festival where I'm like, 
what's going on? You know, and uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep, that's uh, going to happen. It's going to happen. So um, you just kind of go with it sometimes. And, uh, yep. you know, and, and like Mike says, every now and then, like even if you're not following it, you'll hear something. And you'll say, whoa, where did that come from? Exactly. Where did that groove come from? Uh-huh. Uh, and then you'll know you're in the hands of uh, some maestros and masters. All right. So that's uh, Friday, uh, excuse me, that's Thursday, September 1st. Uh, And Friday, I'm looking at the lineup. Uh, Is there anyone in particular there's um, that you you, uh, really want to signal out? uh, Do you want to talk about during the day and and on the Von Freeman stage? Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about the main stage. Why don't you talk about uh, the Von Freeman? They named uh, uh, the pavilion, the North Promenade uh, after him. Talk a little bit about some of the artists who will be performing, if there's any that you really know. Sure, uh, of course. I mean, you know, we, we... I love everybody here, but I, I would say on Friday, um, uh, Regina Harris, Bioki, she was the um, Jazz Institute New Works Fresh Voices uh, uh, winner um, of a grant, and she's going to have a really cool work with uh, poetry, and it's really, that's great. Um, Russ Johnson is a wonderful trumpet player. from He actually is from New York, but he lives in Milwaukee. But he uh, um, has a really great group, and I believe Mark Feldman is playing violin with him. He, Mark Feldman's a wonderful violinist who just moved to town, who is one of the great New York cats. And then Adam O'Farrell, he's <laughs> that's going to be some j- Latin jazz that's going to knock your socks off. <laughs> he's great. And then in the evening on Friday, um, Ethan Fillion is another uh, New Works Fresh Voices, the Jazz Institute of Chicago. Um, um, uh, awarded this grant to three uh, candidates, and Ethan Fillion is one of the st- young stars on bass in Chicago. He he just he just he won. I can't remember the the competition, but he won the, a national bass competition. And he's he's not even thirty yet. He's an Oberlin grad, um, and he's just from, from Oak Park originally. So he's born and raised in the Chicago area. And he has a Mingus uh, project where he rearranged a bunch of Mingus's music for a, nine, a 10 piece ensemble. That is, is a wonderful new album coming out. Um, J.D. Allen, who's, you know, great tenor player from uh, uh, New York. Um, Jasmia Horn is playing that night. Wonderful vocalist from New York. And of course, when we're talking guitar players on Friday, Bill Frizzell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about Bill Frizzell. Talk oh, about man. Him. Bill Frizzell is an icon. He's an American icon. I mean, it's just like. You, you know, someone who's who in who who intersects, um, you know, jazz improvisation and, and 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 different types, you know, from from monk to bebop to uh, uh, fr- uh, free jazz and to Americana and, and country Western swing. He plays a Telecaster, gets some gorgeous sound and his stuff is so interesting. Um, he's he, I mean, he's just an American treasure. You know, I mean, he's been around for a long time. Do you know whose backup, his, I mean, his band I will be? I believe it's Thomas Morgan on bass. I Oh, man, I can't remember who's on drums. Someone just mentioned it yesterday. It'll come to me. I can't remember okay. who's on drums. All right, well, that's uh, if you love the guitar, I urge everybody to check. It's a back-to-back great guitar players uh, at the Jazz Festival. That's the 745. That's the last show uh, Friday night at the main pavilion. The Jay Pritzker Pavilion, I believe that's Jay, right. or maybe his father. I'm not sure, but it's a, a Pritzker family. Uh, and I'm going to give a shout out. Uh, Low Down Brass Band are playing at three o'clock uh, yeah. at the Harris Theater on the rooftop. 
I've never yeah. been to the rooftop. I've never seen a show there, but I'm going to try to get there because I've seen them before and they're a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. And, and you know who else uh, they, everyone should check out before the Lowdown Breast Band is Leonard Simpson. Leonard Simpson is going to be a star. He just got he just got back a year or so ago. He did the Herbie Hancock Institute. Uh, so he was chosen for that band. So he got to work with Herbie Hancock for eight, two years. And he is such a talent. He's from uh, uh, Wauwatosa outside of Milwaukee. And he is he's an NIU grad. Um, there's a the NIU uh, jazz saxophone teacher, Jeff Bradfield, has been putting out so many great young young saxophonist. And this kid, oh, I am so excited. I just worked with Leonard about a month ago and it he's so great. All right, so that will be uh, that's Friday. Just, I lost it. Uh, yeah, Friday at one thirty uh, on the rooftop. And uh, again, I, I've never been to the rooftop. I, I always end up coming late because I have shows, I have recordings, and so I'm dashing down. You know. Yeah, yeah. The afternoon stuff is a little hard to get to. Hard to get to. Hopefully, we can uh, get but, people out. Uh, all right, so let's talk about Saturdays. Uh, Saturday, September third. Uh, uh, the Young Lions Jazz. That's always fun for me. I like uh, going to see the um, performers from who are high school kids. You got Jones yeah. College Prep will be there. Lincoln Park High School, Kenwood yeah. Academy, Whitney it's Young High School. My daughter's uh, my daughter's a grad of that school. Yes, and your daughter's a hell of a singer. Okay, yes, uh, yeah, let's give a singer. all those Alamanas running around playing yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. Look out, man! She's <laughs> she's 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 doing it, man. She's a big she's t- going. She's at Oberlin now. And she's she's already becoming a kind of a you know kind of a star there. So we'll look out. <laughs> yeah, look out. That's a proud papa right there. Yeah, it sure um, is. All right. So uh, any anyone that you want to talk about? You're looking at the lineup I am on for Saturday. You really oh, yeah, Saturday. Listen? I would say um, we, we have fan, uh, Christy Bennett is a uh, now everyone should know that that uh, things on on the weekends on that on the Farm Freeman State started at eleven thirty. I've seen. I mean, both Friday, Saturday, and Sunday they started at eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christy Bennett is a wonderful uh, young singer in town who um, does the, does a lot of uh, she's discovered a lot of music by uh, women composers that composed Broadway tunes, um, Tin Pan Alley tunes, music musicals um, that have been kind of disregarded by history. So she's, she does a really, really fantastic. She's a wonderful singer. Um, Marcus Carroll on trumpet. He's just, he's one of the star, stars right now. He runs um, the music program at a West Side Catholic school. I can't remember the name. Is it called West Side? It's a Catholic school. I can't remember a school, but he's, he's, he's a great educator and he's a wonderful player and he, he's got a killing band. Um, and, and the other two bands, Aurora Neelan and the Royal Roses, that's a, a trad group. So that's like 1920 style. Mm-hmm. And then um, Atomic is a really interesting. We were able to get them uh, uh, because they're on tour. They're a, they're this super f- famous um, in the kind of Euro jazz world group from Sweden, I believe. <laughs> I may have that wrong. Um, it was Mike Reed. Mike Reed, uh, who's the chair of the committee, um, recommended them. And they're this is their 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 retirement tour. <laughs> so uh, they're really out group you get i mean i don't mean out like out jazz just like really crazy and <laughs> wow this is the retirement the retiring after this did you say i that? mean i think it's their 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 goodbye tour i didn't mean retirement like they're in their 70s or something but okay. there's some dudes in their 50s who are just like okay we've done this enough we're moving on <laughs> all right enough of this yeah, uh, yeah. and then <laughs> and the evening at the pritzker pavilion greg ward is just 
one of the star alto saxophonists of the world. You know, he's he's going to be in my uh, Vinology perform, uh, uh, show. He'll be on my my band. He's amazing. He's just like a beast of a musician, just incredible. Um, he also uh, is the sax teacher at Indiana University. Um, and then Miguel Zenon, I mean, great alto saxophonist from Puerto Rico who won, who was awarded the, uh, uh, the uh, MacArthur Grant uh, about 15 years ago. He's just a wonderful, incredible. He's got Luis Perdomo, who's a great pianist, Puerto Rican pianist. These cats do all this, like some, some his new compositions, some Puerto Rican folk stuff, but they do it in this kind of their improvised jazz way. And then Carmen Lundy, I mean, what can you say? Carmen Lundy's kind of like our one of our national treasures of, of uh, vocalists, um, jazz vocalists uh, today. And then William Parker, who closes out uh, that night, great, incredible. Uh, he's a avant, more on the avant-garde side, stylistically, but one of the great free jazz bass players, like legend. Um, and he's got a really incredible group. So that should be really, really, that's one of those shows we're going to be like, what's going on here? Yeah, what's going amazing. on, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the real, uh, you know, the people who understand music will be like, yeah, yeah. Grooving yep. on it. Oh, I've I mean, had, yeah. I've had moments like that where I'm like, what the hell's going on? I look at the guy next to me. <laughs> yeah, I probably have that with William Parker, but it's, it's really, his stuff is so beautiful and so lyrical and, it's not no it's 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 really great music uh so all right without naming names uh just i just need to know have even you mike alamana ever been listening to some music go what the beep is this or do you have an appreciation for everything you've heard uh i i it depends on on the on where that what what is this is coming from like i can listen to Henry Threadgill and be amazed, like, oh my gosh, and say, what is this? <laughs> I want to know. And then yeah. there's the, what is this? I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? All right, we'll um, yeah, but sometimes you have that, but that's usually like, you know, somebody, maybe Sue's not quite as accomplished or something. You know? <laughs> so, but I, 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 I absolutely hit the entire spectrum. Of what's so, all right. And then it closes out on Sunday and the mm -hmm. final act uh, I would say, go ahead. Yeah, on Sunday, you know, all the groups are are great. I would definitely point out Julius Tucker um, on the rooftop. Julius is uh, uh, from Beverly, uh, Whitney Young grad, just a wonderful pianist. And actually, Julius is going to be playing with me and Chico at the Jazz Showcase later in October. Um, he's a, just wonderful, wonderful talent, and I'm so glad he's able to get featured. Wait, how old is Julius Tucker, roughly? Julius is probably about 26. He's real tall. Yeah, I, I saw him play when he was a kid at Whitney Young. Yeah, he was at Whitney Young with Thaddeus. He's amazing. Thaddeus Tooks, he's another great, uh, he's a vibraphonist. That, and they were in school together. And then it was so funny. I taught at Whitney Young and met those guys. And then those guys went to Northwestern and they were there when I was doing my master's. So <laughs> You taught at Whitney Young? I taught there. I taught guitar there for two years. You know, their guitar program is just the not only the best in the city, it's probably there's nothing like it in the entire country. Jeff huh. Peake, who runs it. Jeff and I actually went to college together, so that's why he knew of me, and he asked me to teach for a couple of years. They did private jazz guitar lessons there from like 11, 2011, 2012. And Jeff Jeff has an eight periods a day of guitar. It's like a classes every day. Oh. Five day. My daughter did one, but he does like beginning guitar, intermediate guitar, advanced guitar. He has a blues guitar ensemble that meets five days a week. He's got a uh, – uh, he teaches um, – it's mostly like rock, blues, you know, and the, when the kids do the concert, it's the 
most popular concert at the school. Like it's packed in there and you get 70 kids up there. It was one time, I swear to God, I went to the concert and there was like 30 guitar players and they all played Eric Clapton solo from, uh, um, uh, uh, from, God, what's that song? Uh, it was one of his famous tunes. They take the, all 30 of them and they nailed it. <laughs> I, I, I must say at this moment, just apropos to nothing, I'm not feeling Eric Clapton at all. No, He's no, we don't need it. Yeah. I'm not the ideal. I, I, know, I don't know. You, I know you don't want to go there because you're a guitar player. You're all part of the same fraternity, but I am not feeling that man at all. No. And uh, <laughs> I, I once did a show. I don't know if you heard this show. Uh-huh. Uh with, with an old friend of mine, uh, Devin Thompson. Shout out Devin Thompson. Uh, and he's a singer, R and B singer. And um, so we went on a riff. All the local Chicago guitar players, these guys are just from Chicago who are better at guitar than Eric Clapton. <laughs> it was a long yeah, list. Yeah, I mean, he's fine for what it is. I, I whatever. But I mean, it, it it's really incredible to see what Jeff Peak does with these kids, what they can do. Like they come out and they can play like from they're just strumming the chords of a tune and there'll be literally 40 guitar players up there <laughs> on the stage and they're playing. They have like they have a whole collection of guitars and amps there for the kids. It's it's really a, um, a special program that which I, Jeff's last name again? Peak P.E.E.K. He should be really known around Chicago. He's really doing some special. And the kids adore him at Whitney Young. Adore him. He's, he's, he's one, of the, one of the many bright lights that are at that school. And maybe I should bring him on the show sometime. You should. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, all right. Uh, and then uh, talk about the, the closing acts. Uh, oh, yeah. At, at, the, at the big pavilion on Sunday. I would the final say, um, uh, uh you know, I, I, I would point out um, uh, uh, during the, at the pavilion first in the afternoon, uh, Isaiah Collier is one of the really, really talented from who grad, graduate of Shy Arts, um, wonderful, talented uh, saxophone player. His group is great. Abigail Ricards is a great singer in Chicago. Um, uh, and she's going to have Joel Fromm, who's a wonderful New York saxophonist. And then Jeff Bradford was telling about it from NIU. He's got a wonderful trio of original music with uh, Dana Hall, who's a wonderful, um, you know, the, the director of the DePaul jazz program and Ben Goldberg, who's a clarinetist from San Francisco. And then Emmanuel Wilkins is like the talent right now from New York, the young saxophone player that everybody's hiring. He's amazing. As far as closing out Jay, the Prisker pavilion, um, at, I think one I would point out is Nick Mazzarella. He's from uh, Chicago, incredible uh, alto saxophonist, just a wonderful human being and also a great woodworker, <laughs> but like a techni technically and musically gifted musician. Um, uh, one of the best young musicians in town. And uh, he's got a wonderful group, a quintet. Um, Linda May O is a, uh, was Pat Matheny's bass player for a while. Um, she's from actually from uh, uh, Australia. She's incredible. Her group's come in. Chris Davis, great pianist from uh, who lives in Brooklyn, uh, who has a really, really interesting style, really interesting, innovative uh, way she deals with music. And then Donald Harrison closes it out, which, you know, New Orleans, <laughs> New Orleans, you know, line grooves and party time. <laughs> they always like to close out the festival with the party. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, uh, that's uh it, it is good to, to close it out with uh uh music that gets people just 
absolutely you know, rolling out the aisles and absolutely. looking for absolutely. next year's show and that's why we had um the uh, uh rebirth brass band a few years yes ago. Mm -hmm. yeah uh donald harrison will be the final act uh, mm -hmm. at 7 45 on yep. sunday and i will be there for certain uh so mike will you be going to all the performances yeah. i usually uh, stick around for you know being on the committee um i feel like because we worked so hard as a committee to book these acts, I want to be there to see, talk to people, see what they think, get their ideas of what worked, what didn't work, work, do something better for next year, you know, um, improve, always improve. And I think one of the things that I think makes the Jazz Fest so unique is that we have artists on the committee. Um, it's myself, as far as artists, it's myself, Katie Ernst, bass player, Bobby Wilson, singer. And Mike Reed, drummer, who's also the uh, chair of the, the committee, who runs Constellation, Hungry Brain. Um, having those artists, the artists love that. Like, I go there and they're like, oh, yeah, great. And then you can, like, if they need anything, they know they have a fellow artist to help them, yeah. you know. And it's not like, you know, maybe somebody who doesn't, you know, have as much knowledge about something, you know. And then, uh, so I will be, but I like to, t I like to go around the whole festival ground, see, you know, check, check people out, see how everybody's doing, you know, so I will be there just running around the other, other three days. And, uh, who will, uh, I had as a guest on the show, uh, earlier this week, uh, the great Richard Steele, mm -hmm. uh, the, the great, uh, well, most of my listeners know him from uh, BEZ yeah, uh, as a, uh, doing pol political talk but uh he's also was one of the great, <laughs> and that you stole i mean the best <laughs> i know that's all the way i know him i i don't yeah, know he's a great jazz uh dj and he's also a great r&b dj i mean he's, he oh, was yeah. a great dj mm -hmm. uh uh and uh so he comes on we talk politics actually uh, but then i always make him talk a little music at the end and we were talking yeah. uh we were talking about the jazz festival in the past he's been an mc Yes, uh, right. You know, he, in fact, I think the Millennium Park, greatest thing I've ever seen at Millennium Park, and this is no offense to the Jazz Festival, when they did a tribute um, to Soul Train, uh, it was unbelievable, uh, fantastic night. Uh, and he uh, and Herb Kent were the. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Talk was, about an icon, <laughs> a legend. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it was a great night. Uh, uh, but uh, he won't be there this uh, he won't be an MC. He may uh, stop by. Uh, yeah, sometimes I you know, this sometimes the we'll, we'll end up at last minute having like Richard uh, make a couple of announcements or, you know, we, we've done different things where like we've had like a, a host for the evening who will introduce each act. We've had Richard do that. I'm not sure. Uh, it's that stuff usually gets tied tied up in the last minute. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, um, so the Jazz Festival starts Thursday, September 1st. Uh, Mike Alamana will be p performing on the main stage that night. I urge everybody uh, to check them out. Uh, and uh, if you uh, check out the schedule, which you can find at, where did I just close it down? Chicago. Just Google Chicago Jazz, Jazz uh, Festival. Yeah, it's real simple. I found it. It's got to be simple. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if I found it, it's easy. Yep. Uh, Mike, thank you so much. You're a really busy guy for taking time to come on oh, my humble little podcast. Every time, Ben. <laughs> it's always a blast. It is One a blast. These, we'll talk politics. <laughs> we'll talk politics, and I'll, uh, I think next time you come on, I'll bring another uh, musician like you did uh, with Chico last okay. time and play some music for us. 
uh, make you play the guitar. One time it was a great a treat. Uh, Mike came on my show with uh, George Freeman and they Freeman. played uh, two or three numbers. Yeah. And it was a great treat. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Absolutely. That would be a blast. All right. Very good. Thank you much, Mike. That's Mike Alamana. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.